0: So good afternoon everybody. Um, As Dan introduced me, I'm Sarah Johnston and I had our modelling team at Cornwall Insight. So it won't be a surprise to any of you to hear that we're in the middle of an energy crisis, not just within Great Britain, but of course um, in Europe more widely and and across the world. And we're finding ourselves in an extreme uh, situation where people are extremely worried about the price of their energy bills. And these high prices, as you know, have been driven by the uncertainty um, that we're seeing at the moment. And obviously that uncertainty continues as new announcements are made every day in terms of both support available, but also the the continuing crisis in Ukraine. I think that it's important to realise that this isn't just a a short-term crisis, in that... We're going to not only be seeing a very tight winter in terms of supplies coming up, but that it's important to consider the fact that going forwards and after this winter, it will be very important to consider the management of supplies and to make sure that the winter following isn't the crunch point um, that and um, when that finally hits. Um, in slightly kind of more positive term, obviously we've got a long-term horizon of plans that we're planning towards and particularly um, our decarbonisation um, agenda is important not to forget due to short-term uh, issues. A reminder of the long-term um, kind of outlook in terms of energy and the fact that of course any decisions that happen around um, market reform will uh, take a while to come into effect, That we're, we're not really planning for today's system, but actually the system that we will have in several years' time. We, of course, have um, a rising demand um, due to the electrification of transport and heating. We also have um, increasing um, offshore wind capacity and, um, and also increasing renewables generally, um, particularly um, distributed generation is changing the length of our energy system in terms of um, the flows that we're seeing on our network, reverse power flows, and the distribution system, etc. We're also seeing a reduction in fossil fuel capacity over time. We've got the fact that our uh, coal uh, power stations are obviously going to retire in the next few years. Um, but also, that the role that um, conventional thermal capacity will play going forward in the system will be different. Um, in order to balance the variable renewable generation that's coming online, we also need to have increased uh, storage, um, whether that's battery storage, um, pump storage, or other storage possibilities that are being explored. Um, and also our future system is going to need um, a lot lots of investment in terms of network um, the increased uh, renewable capacity um, needs to be delivered to the different demand centres around the UK. So on this slide, I'm presenting um, what is our latest forecast from our benchmark power curve in terms of what the technology mix is likely to look like out to 2030. and um, Remembering that, say, a locational marginal pricing um, system might um, only be implemented if that were to be decided on in the late 2020s uh, to early 2030. You can see here how uh, significant the increase in offshore wind capacity will need to be in terms uh, of meeting our decarbonisation targets that the government has set. Um, You can see by 2030, um, you've got about 50% of the system um, capacity, which is uh, variable renewable generation, split between offshore wind, onshore wind and uh, solar. You can also see here um, that in order to support this, we also have an assumed increase in uh, lithium-ion battery capacity uh, in addition. The system in in 2030 uh, is also going to need to be a very flexible um, generation capacity, um, and we can see that the um, percentage of um, open cycle gas turbines as a proportion of the mix is also increasing to be able to uh, supply uh, rapid uh, power at peak times and also follow. Um, the shape of the, the profile of window. Another important aspect of the future system, which is different from how it is today, is the level of interconnection that we're seeing with, with neighboring systems. So um, you can see on the, on the map here that, um, of course, there, there are a number of different interconnectors to the rest of Europe, which are already in operation. Um, but we have um, significant increases in capacity, which are already, uh, already planned and are coming on the system in the next few years. Um, we've got increasing interconnection with Ireland um, and France, um, and also significantly um, interconnections with the Nordics, um, which will give us access to um, the, the low-cost generation uh, in, over in that part of Europe. It's important to consider how that interacts with our uh, plans in terms of any market arrangements, in that, are we considering ourselves to be net exporters to the rest of Europe, or are we wanting to be benefiting from uh, the, the uh, lower prices that might be available, depending on the build-out of uh, a renewable generation elsewhere? Uh, and to put this in context, um, because of the um, crisis that's ongoing, uh, countries across Europe have revised this year their generation expansion plans quite considerably. Um, so that they're really bringing forward their um, installations of offshore wind, um, and really uh, it does look like a race as to, to who can uh, build offshore wind more quickly and uh, and, and therefore become more independent uh, in terms of their uh, Uh, Supply. It it can be seen that, of course, whoever is the quickest in that race will will determine the the flows of power around Europe going forwards. So, on this next slide, um, we're looking at how those different uh, technology mixes going forward, um, but also interconnections, are likely to have an impact on price going forwards. And um, as you can see here, that the extreme highs we're seeing in wholesale prices at the moment um, are likely to go down. But the key message really is that they are likely to remain relatively high um, going forwards. The the key drivers for price, of course, being the price of gas, and that will continue to be the case going forwards as the price of gas uh, slowly declines, uh, so we'll see prices uh, in the wholesale energy market uh, going down also. Um, but what we can see, which is a key message, is the fact that out to 2030, prices are still predicted to be considerably higher than historic prices. And I think that that will um, basically means a prolonged period of high prices that everyone's patience has to uh, sustain and I think that the drive for a will only become stronger um, as we reach uh, the end of of this decade and um, we also see that you know prices are not uh, coming down significantly Um, and people will want to see the renewal generation the drive to decarbonisation having an impact on their bills. A few, a few final points in terms of the outlook and how that is going to be uh, impacting maybe some of the decisions that we need to be making. So, um, firstly, around increased generation intermittency. Inter- 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 spin- so, the increased capacity of um, Variable renewable generation will um, be a a considerable factor in terms of um, how how we need to track the system going forward. Um, Over over fifty percent of the system variable renewable. We need to make sure that the market is giving the right signals to um, both uh, renewable developers, but also um, make sure we have the storage to make sure that's an operable system and that we have the security of supply uh, that we need. And um, also, um, it's important to think of the fact that if we are considering a locational marginal price system, um, how, where that generation is located has an impact. So for example, the massive increase in offshore winds that we're likely to see in the north of the country will have an impact mm-hmm in terms of having very low prices in the North under a locational marginal scheme with much uh, higher prices in the South. Uh, in- increased interconnection will also have a, a, an impact on this. So um, having a interconnection with the rest of Europe um, is going to be important in terms of driving down prices. Uh, and it, making sure that energy is affordable. Um, it also, in under a, a novel scheme, would be important in terms of connecting uh, the south of England efficiently uh, to to low-price nuclear power plants, and uh, and obviously renewables from the rest of the system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also important in terms of balancing the the more granular needs of the system today. today. So. And while we're seeing prices uh, go down uh, on average uh, in the long term, we are seeing also on a more granular level, of course, um, more variability with with some very low price periods due to a lot of uh, wind availability, but also some high spikes when suddenly the wind uh, availability is there and we need uh, quick uh, power to come online. Uh, in the form of uh, OCGTs or submitting engines uh, or from 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 battery storage. Um, and finally, um, the electrification of transport. Um, as we, as we electrify as the targets for um, renewable uh, energy uh, will uh, bring down our energy prices slowly but surely. We're also having this move towards uh, electric vehicles, with uh, the sale of new petrol and diesel vehicles obviously being banned by 2030. And so this is going to mean that the issue of affordability for general consumers becomes even more stark, with the fact that not only their their, their home uh, lighting and uh, cooking and heating needs, but also their commuting needs, Uh, are also going to be met by electricity and uh, the uh, market reforms are going to need to ensure that this element is considered carefully. The variability and uncertainty that there is around the demand profiles that will actually result from this increase in electric vehicles um, is something that's important to consider. Um, We could see up to tenfold increase in the overall energy requirement of electric vehicles perhaps in 2030 compared to uh, levels uh, today. Um, So hopefully that gives you some uh, context in which to continue to consider REMA today Um, and with that I will hand over to my colleague Robert.